Welcome to the McNuttiest Dimension. I'm Chris McNutt, and I'm glad you could stop by this dimension and this now moment, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, and whatever is dimension you are of your own. I'm glad our dimensions could have a little bit of intersection here, and we could share some time together in the Consciousness Salon, where we can explore, take a step back, What's this joint all about? What's going on in this place? How did we get here? What the hell am I doing and why? You know, let's uh, pop into, you know, what some would say, our fifth dimensional uh, point of view. There's these thoughts, there's these concepts floating around. The earth, humanity, evolving coming from our third dimensional, our third density, fourth dimensional world, we're ending up eventually, you know, transferring our consciousness into this fourth density, fifth dimensional space. And some, you know, fake it till you make it, or you can pretend you're already here. So if you're just arriving in the fifth dimension, it's sort of like Saturday morning. You're just waking up. You've had a rough week at work. You tied one on the night before. You got a little bit of a hangover from the past, you know, 20,000 years that's been going on around here. And, you know, just chill out, man. Grab a coffee. You're now in the fifth dimension. It's cool. Um, you know, I'm with you. I don't totally know what this new dimensional thing is all about. So let's kind of like check it out together. They say once we arrive at such a place, we land with a realization that we are much more of sovereign creator co-creator beings than we had during the perspective when we were rooted in that third dimensional where it was like all about duality and we saw ourselves as separate from other and we lived in this world where there was conflict and it wasn't you know we didn't look through the eyes of you know this is just one consciousness appearing through many eyes it's like hell no i'm freaking me and you're not and i gotta fight you i have to you know engage in conflict to get my needs man i don't freaking care about yours you know it was a lot of that paradigm that was uh rolling around in the 3D zone that we loved. We rocked it out hard, people. We can kind of leave that goodbye. And now let's just take on the perspective of we're all one. We're just consciousness looking through separate eyeballs, um, separate perception. But, you know, Underneath it all, the roots of the trees are all connected as one. And, uh, you know, the trunks kind of spring up. It's an illusion, people. And also, you are a co-creative sovereign being. The creative ability of the highest dimensions, God consciousness of this universe exists within you as well. Believe it or not, humans are freaking got superpowers. Now, when we were stuck in the third dimension, we just barely freaking tapped into them. And boom, 5D people, we're just going to let it rip a little bit and realize that we are creating 
this reality. We are creating the world in which we live. I know, waking up Saturday morning in the fifth dimension, you're like, whoa, what the fuck? I'm creating this fucking place? Why did I just go through like a thousand fucking lifetimes of like misery and pain and suffering. I mean, not totally. There were some good moments in there too. We had some fun. You know, if you call being married 853 times fun, but yeah, we went through it. 853 mothers and fathers-in-laws and all. Anyways, yeah, we did that consciously. Believe it or not, it was all our creation. It is a next level topic. It is a next level realization. It's not just that one that we go really easily. Oh yeah. Like totally dude. I totally get it. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah, totally. I'm creating this whole world that I live in because 3d, it's not like that at all. It feels like we pop in here. The world has a construction and a design that has nothing to do with us. We just, it's a world, this reality, reality. We kind of converse along the lines of this concept that we are all experiencing this reality together. And there is a reality. And it's not me. I didn't make it. I just showed up here, man. I was just freaking born. They told me my name was Chris and to go to this school and do what I told them. I didn't fucking make this joint. Okay. But um, on the deeper levels of the higher self, because we are existing on many, many layers and dimensions and densities all at the same time, people. You are not just a one thing. You are a stack of layers of experience and uh, abilities and skills and memories and experience through many layers of this universe, through many realms of consciousness. You have been stacked up. And you've created a lot of it. So, 5D, grab yourself a cup of coffee, people. Oh, roll, a, roll a spliff. Light the bong like you made it. It's not 3D anymore. We're just going to check this joint out. And we're going to check out that concept of like, yeah, man, you're creating this whole freaking thing. So, to kind of help us along with that exploration, my guest for this episode is Crystal Jensen. Crystal is a writer, a podcaster, an energy worker, and teacher who lives on the fabulous island of Kauai, Hawaii. She is the author of a book, uh, 49 Days, that is a spiritual odyssey a page-turner, almost like if there could be a spiritual thriller. I read it in like two days. I couldn't put it down. It is an amazing read, a beautiful story, 49 days. She's a gifted writer and such a beautiful story. So if you, if you haven't read it already, 49 days is amazing. But Christelle also teaches telepathic and intuitive energy skills um, through writing and exploring in the intuitive energy space in all kinds of different ways. She's calling her recent teachings energy maturity, which explores the principle that we are 100% responsible for creating the world in which we live. So please, let's all give a warm McNuttius dimension. Welcome to my guest. Crystal Jansen. 
From the lovely island of Kauai, and I am not a well-traveled guy. I've been around this world so much, but I have been to Kauai. It's a pretty special place. Um, what was it? What was the magnetism that brought you to that locale specifically? Yeah, that's a very good question. Um, I. It was just a really interesting experience. I woke up one morning in 2002 in February. And on a Sunday morning, I was living in the Netherlands in uh, the middle of the city of Maastricht. And I had a voice in my head and it said, you're going to Hawaii. And it was so strong and clear. And it was so out of the blue and out of any, I was an acupuncturist and had a full business and I was teaching and had a really busy life and was happy, was really happy. And, but this came as a voice. And is this something that you, was it the first voice you ever heard in your head or, or is that a type of guidance you had had previously in life or did it just start there? I think, I mean, I've always had like strong intuitions, but this was kind of from a different order almost. It was really a voice. Like it was, even though I feel like it was my own voice, but like echoed out by, <laughs> I don't know what, but it it was, you're going to Hawaii. And I was like, okay, okay. So uh, let me look it up. Let me book a trip. I mean, I had the money, I had the time. So I was let me go for two weeks and I'm just going to see what happens. And I had no expectations in that sense. And and that was coming closer. So I booked that in May. So um, a few months later. And when that came closer, this voice started telling me, you might want to stay there. And that was absurd, really strange. Like, what am I going to do there? And But then um, when I arrived... Finally, I cried. It was, I mean, I stepped out of the plane and in Kona at that moment. So I went to the big island and that's where kind of you land on the lava. You, you, you go with the stairs down and it feels like you're really landing on, on the black lava. And I stepped on the ground and I had this overwhelming sense of I'm home. And it, it, it was clear I'm home. Like I was crying and crying and it, and it was, maybe it was the heat or the long trip, the 24 hour trip or, but it was like something in me knew I was home. And then in those two weeks, so many things happened that I was like, okay, I'm just going to try it out. I'm just, I'm going to live here. And go back to Holland, finish up my business and take six months of time to finish everything up, pack everything up and and just try it out for three months with a tourist visa. And then from one thing came another. Yeah. And now it's almost 20 years later and you are a Hawaiian resident. And your work, you could kind of say it's like energy-based. You do with your telepathic writing and energy maturity. You're, you know, you're kind of grooving in the energy field. 
And 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 is it is Hawaii got a you know does it got a good vibe kind of going on that level? Does it feel kind of connected? I mean, some folks talk about it being the center of Lemuria and all those sort of ancient energies where codes were brought into the waters, that sort of thing. Do you, do you feel any connection to some of that vibe? Oh yes, definitely. And I, I, it was immediately clear um, after being an acupuncturist in the Netherlands to, to, to continue that energetic perspective of life and bring. So what I started doing was retreats. So I've done many, many retreats with people from Holland mainly, and to to let with them experience the energies and to go into caves and, and, but just to understand that life doesn't end where we see it. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a nice thing that it is so beautiful. That's one thing, but there's another layer, which is really the energy that the, the, which you can call Lemuria or other dimensions. And so it's much more present in a way. It, it's dimensions maybe are more merged together. That's and that's my is my main work. Or in retreats initially, or I've been doing that until COVID hit. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, to help or bring people into this this expanded awareness of our life and to kind of. Um, expand beyond their limits and uh and that's yeah easy so lately you've been calling your work energy maturity so there's a lot of things kicking around in our world these days energetically it's kind of like we got the rise of just sort of energetic awareness which i think is wonderful it's been a bit of a new exploration for me and many others out there so you know it's kind of brief description what's what's your concept of say energy maturity as maybe opposed to energy immaturity how are (laughs) we acting maturely in the energy yes um for me, energy maturity is it, it kind of came out of this um, because I have done a lot of energy work and I had a school to, for to, for energy perception, for example, for to learn to read energy and to feel energy, and that's where I discovered there's a lot of um, victims of energy, <laughs> and what I started to discover is. There is a place where you can be in yourself, where you're mature in your energy, where you, which means basically that you understand it's, it's almost like an ultimate responsibility to be aware that all energy is yours, which means that every experience is, is there because you created it. And this, and this goes way beyond just manifesting or the secret or this, um it is uh understanding that energies are um it not you're not a victim of them and you don't have to move through life in a way that it's you have to plow through it and you have to find the right things and you have to um work for it really hard it for me energy maturity is is a kind of um, a state in which um 
life is moving through me and I'm, I'm the, um, you, you are it in a way. It's not this, maybe you're describing being this concept where we think we're separate from it when actually we are it. It's like some fundamental metaphysics of this, of our reality. You, you are the creator. There's a lot of concepts coming forward now about co-creation and divine sovereignty and that sort of thing. We are the creative essence, not just experiencing it, so to speak. Yes. And, And that means also that you don't need anything from outside other than what you choose. So you don't need anybody else to tell you um, what is needed. So that's why I actually stopped at the beginning of COVID. I felt like I needed to stop my practice to do readings with other people because I felt ultimately that's not energy mature. It's like um, there, if people ask like, what's my life going to be like? I don't want to tell them. I want, I want to hold space to, to be able to discover that for yourself. And, um, but it's, so energy maturity is really understanding that um, that you don't need an authority from outside telling you what to do and understanding. And, and it, this goes for health, for example. So it, it's, it requires a deep sense of trust, trust in yourself and, and also trust in your body, for example, to really have the deep trust and communicate to your body that you have that trust. So, for example, if you have a back pain or something, you, we, we have the tendency to, to be mad or to be angry and to kind of separate and go to the doctor. And, um, and I think and that there's view, somebody else out there that's going to do the healing for us. You know, we give our power yes. away to the, you know, some type of practitioner and they are going to do the healing. Yes. Yeah. So energy maturity is kind of coming back to the trust and to, to, to understand that everything in your life is there because you want it to be there. And that, that is huge. And, um, that's a big fundamental shift to wrap your head around. Cause we're, we're, we're taught elsewhere. Yeah, otherwise, you know, that yes. from the moment we're small, you know, we are not really given that nugget of wisdom to work with. Right. Yeah. So we're, we're, and we think there is like these conspiracies going on or there is, or it's part of our, uh, of a bigger, um, plan or, but it's energy maturity is kind of bringing it totally back to yourself and to be, to bring it back to your creator self and to, and then, um, Suffering gets a whole different taste because okay, do you choose? Because I'm creating that as well, and it's kind of like, what the fuck am I doing, and why am I doing creating my own suffering? But yes, it's part and parcel of this whole description. We're you're doing that as well. Yes, exactly, and and you can you can choose how you experience it. it. It's. It, and and that yes again that is huge but it's and and I compare it a lot of times to yeah again like instead of being in a car moving to a destination in life so it it is you're in the moment and uh, life is moving through you 
So you're not the car moving through life to a destination, but you're just sitting in your chair and it's all coming through you and, and you can let it, um, make parts active, let, let them, um, become more present and you can, it, it, it's, it's kind of part of this fluid fluidity that I experienced in Hawaii that it's, um, life becomes more elastic in a way or, and you understand, um, for example, I was driving with my car actually with my daughter, uh, a while ago or a few months ago. And I, and, um, and I said to my daughter, let's, let's make a little poem for our car, for the future of our car. And we, we, we started just playing around with it and, and my daughter said something and, and I said something like, okay, it's the end of my life. And, uh, and at that moment, all the buttons went off. Like they went in the car. They just, the car yeah, spoke back and it, yeah, the, the check engine light came on and it made weird sounds, really weird sounds. And it, and like instantly it was kind of like, um, like living what we were describing and it and instead of it being like me getting worried like oh how am I going to do this it it became like this beautiful experience of okay this uh it is time for an upgrade and um and and this and I can take this energy out of this car and it it continues it continues in something else and um so instead of it and then the right people exactly the right people come on your path that kind of show you a new way or, or yeah. So you're talking, I mean, some people call it the flow state, just kind of get into the flowy state of being. And that's, you know, a popular phrase. There's lots of descriptions I, I find going on these days, uh, similar things. So do you, do you work with people one-on-one -on -one or are you leading a group or how are you exploring this concept? Are, are you doing it as a teacher in a teacher role? Yes. Yes. So I teach energy maturity and it's, it's, uh, I've done now it, it's six weeks, six weeks of, um, kind of step-by-step step moving into this concept of um, taking responsibility and stepping out of this awareness that there's nothing to blame outside of you other than yourself and, and understanding what this energy is and how it's connected also to your sexual energy, to your, your life force. So these are six-week classes that I teach in Dutch and in English. And um, and I've done now 16 of them and, and they, they build and build and build. And it's, it's amazing. It, um, people seem to really enjoy it because it, it kind of brings them back to, to being in charge again. And all the responsibility, uh, all the power as a good yes. friend of mine often says yeah. in, in her energy work as well. So, uh, what are the results with people? Like, cause at first that's, it's a bit of a difficult concept to kind of own and accept, you know, that I am creating this whole thing around me. So what, what's your experience been with dealing with people and how that soaks into their beingness throughout the process? 
Yeah, it, it's. I mean, it's really interesting that a lot of them start to do do it over and over again. So there have been people that have been done it, have been doing it five times, or, and it's just because the awareness. It, it's not something you can grab instantly. It's it has to soak in and it it expands and it becomes um, so. And it has a tremendous effect on health. For example, understanding the issues, how to, um, not to fight with it or to, but to, to, to kind of communicate what I mentioned earlier to communicate and to really have trust in, in the body and, um, and also financial, uh, issues, people with abundance issues or with, with, um, not, uh, that starts to flow too. It's, it's amazing how, um, uh, and all, that you're um, the one that's been creating the lack, you know. If you're the creator, we've been creating lack, and now you can also create abundance. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you're the yeah, and 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 why? Then is the question why? What do you get out of it? What do you get out of it that you're still creating lack? There is something you get from it, and once you once you go to that and to kind of, and it's, 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 it doesn't need to be, it's not always a beautiful process, but once you understand, okay, I get something out of this, I get some attention or it just gives me some kind of comfort or there is, it's a habit, it's a family pattern. It's yes. uh, there's yeah. all kinds of reasons, even past lives. Some of us have made poverty vows in, uh, on our spiritual path and past lives that we also have to cut the cords from. Yes. And so that is, that's beautiful that you can see that unraveling of all those patterns. And then there's like this natural state, which you understand that it, that is flow, just like you say. It's energy maturity. Ultimately, is 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 kind of understanding flow, and I also call it spontaneous movement. Spontaneous movement is um, is was like my original uh, company, and but it's still something very vital. Uh, it, it's part of the qigong that I teach. It's I I still teach um, every Friday a qigong class online. Uh, with spontaneous movement and spontaneous movement is um, really allowing um, your body to to vibrate as a whole and and through certain postures and breathing and, and opening but also through laughing and it it there is this sense you you just consciously laugh and you feel like your energy center start to to be activated your dan chen and it kind of makes everything more connected and into this flow. And it's it's like all your cells are laughing. And because they're all laughing, they're all kind of vibrating in the same way. And this and that brings you in this state of flow. And that brings in health and abundance and it brings in happiness or this or creativity or or it's just this it's very delightful. Yes. Now are you do you explore with the people in your class any of the ideas about just that concept of what we've come here to choose to do? You know, that we we popped in from the other side and we maybe had a bit of a plan and we had a bit of an idea of how we wanted things to go down here for the good and the bad because some of the, you know, the 
more difficult stuff is also great learning on a soul level that, you know, some say we, we choose to do. So is there any exploration of, of from that side of things? Yes. Um, so one big part also in energy maturity is telepathic writing. So it's once you start to kind of understand this flow, your natural flow, you can write from that. You can kind of let it go through your arm and out of your pen or on your keyboard. And sort of bypassing maybe that ego mind or that sort of, you know, yes, thinking zone we're kind of in. We're just trying to just go right around that and let it go direct. Yes. It, it's like a direct, it's, I also call it being out, uh, outside of time and space. It's mm. kind of understanding that you're out of the box or out of linear time and understanding that there is all kind of times present. And with that, all kind of parts of you that can be present and so we write to bring those parts together or to we write to to un, to get understanding and to get understanding ultimately of why we're here why did we choose a body and and why especially now in these times in in 2021 <laughs> and um and what so so the beautiful thing kind of that develops out of energy maturity is is kind of a sense of a mission that you have or or a sense of passion or something that wants to come out of you that is unique to your path and and that is um and it, it and that's the beautiful thing i think it's not just energy maturity but then what and that's usually creativity or 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 something some, coming in messages from higher self or sort of beyond deeper, more resonant purpose and, and mission. Does that start to evolve? Is that what you're talking about? Yes. Yeah. It, it's it, the, those are kind of the messages that are usually they, they come out like in a, in, in two minutes or in three minutes, they come in out in spurts. We write in short spurts and, and it's like you're not really thinking, but at that moment you you feel that that flow, and and then it's very surprising what comes out. And it sometimes it's very practical, or it's almost like advice, and and sometimes it's just um, it, it's just like poems, like the most beautiful poems come out, and and it's yeah, it really helps to open up. Um, the reason why you're here and uh, it really opens up your life yeah it's, and it makes it joyful if you think that the world is all to blame you got it all wrong man if you think it's not you who rigged up this game well there's a twist think you're the one who's under control when you're freaking at the comments of an internet troll just remember it's a mirror you're part of the whole every voice you hear is your own every time you pick up the phone every time you answer your phone do the concepts of you know guides or other beings that we work with does that come into that work at all that there's that speaking through do people have those experiences that oh 
damn, it's not even me. I'm getting some message or does it feel like most of the time, no, this is, this is me. This is coming from some deeper, you know what I'm saying? Like, cause some people there's the whole thing of channeling, like you're channeling another entity and you do that through writing. That's a, you know, channelers say that's how I got into it. I started with the writing, but, um, so what's, what's been the experience with the people that you've been working with? Has there been some of that or is it mostly, oh no, this is just my deep, deep being. It's me that's speaking here. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's kind of, that. It's kind of like me. It, it's, uh, but it, it's, I, I totally, um, also know the area where it is beings from with other consciousness, but, but it's, what develops through this energy maturity that that you're not separate from that that those beings are also a part of you and it's so the main focus is on having all these parts of you all these 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 aspects that are that kind of have been floating around to kind of or that is sort of an illusion that like you know, that we live with the illusion of separateness. So we point a finger and say, oh, that is not me. And that's not me. And that's not me. And there's this yeah. realization, no, this is all me. This is all me. Yeah. And it's the the most beautiful things are you and the, the ugliest things are also you. And and they can all live. But, but because you can honor them or, or kind of integrate them, they it's almost like they... They come home to yourself, and they once they come home and integrate, they they give up their role they played, like these deep insecurities or fears or deep anger. They they it's it's like they they start to integrate. Yeah, there's some healing. People feel that that those yes. You know, yeah. these pieces, I mean, sometimes there's the concepts of inner children and soul fragments and that sort of thing. But you feel that um, something along those lines with some some deep healing just through the writing process. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Sometimes it's it's part of your your inner child or your your childhood or or just um, parts that just have been split off or or that you have lost contact with. And, and, and that is such a beautiful experience to, uh, to reconnect those parts. And they, um, and it's, it's, it's not very much only in your, this lifetime, you know, it, it's not a linear process. It's not like, okay, I have all the parts from when I was seven and nine and four coming back. And that's, that's it. It's, it's, much grander than that so it's it, it feels almost like parts of the future are coming back and and it's yeah it, and that is the ultimate thing that happens then with energy maturity that you become more present it's it's presence it's it's just presence and being embodied in that awareness and understanding that you're all of that and and everything you're experiencing is part of that so that comes out in the writing and sometimes it is sometimes it is um uh for example um beings that come like artists or that that suddenly are very interested in this work or writers or painters that or uh, scientists that are that kind of bring in their um 
their wisdom and their knowledge or their their the things and and that's beautiful that you understand that we're so part of a collective and that there's so much um knowledge to be um lived and and to become aware of yeah yeah now this practice of energy maturity how do you think it fits in with just the current age we're in you know it's quite a as you mentioned before why would we decide to incarnate now when you know the shit is hitting the fan on so many different levels but it's also the most amazing beautiful wonderful time to be alive in human form as well but um you know i'm just interested in your sense of you know some people talk about oh it's the ascension we're you know we're up leveling human consciousness that sort of thing but you know there's so many ideas floating around where do you kind of put that together this work you're doing and what's kind of going on in general humanity the planet consciousness yeah, I that's a very good point. I think I think also my in my own development and my own process of awakening and it's I feel like now is now is the time and it's it, it's um like I say you feel like in energy maturity you there's a sense of getting all these parts back of yourself and it's like what I experience is uh, it's hasn't been possible earlier. It's now it feels like um, also if I talk about past lives, like past lives that I have, I um, I feel that they are communicating to this to, to this time, and I'm in the middle of all of it, and all these parts are awakening are becoming aware and are moving on so it's uh it's a time where this is more accessible that it's uh that maybe wasn't so much in the past but it's like kind of the veil is thin some way and this this is now accessible and available to us to work with yeah i think for yeah for all of us we are becoming aware that we're not part of a linear timeline anymore and that we're not part of this linear timeline of our past lives and now we're here and and it will continue in the future it's it's all these um concepts of time seem to be opening up and for all of us and and that's why there's so much uh confusion or or is, like this morning in the Qigong class, somebody said, well, I have so much hard time to focus. And it is because it's because there's so much information coming in into all of us. And um, like I said, these parts of us are all waking up and, and become accessible. And and this is a global process. And I think it's it's in a way also despite all the disaster that we're with COVID and that we're living in in these times, that it's also a, a blessing or an opportunity to um, to get this whole different perspective of, of who we are. And that we did get a time out in a way and to, to step back and to and to realize, wow, what uh, what has have we been doing for two thousand years, or twenty thousand years, or or hundreds of thousands of years, and and how does that relate to where we are now, and where the Earth is going, and where 
global consciousness is going and this divide that's going on um, in, in all kinds of ways that, yes, there is all that. There is this, this, all this mass consciousness also. And there is the other side in which there is a whole new opening of, um, of energy, of an understanding of who we are in this. And, and on, so, on a personal level. Yeah, it's it's yeah. like it's almost like we all get like a more personal sense of choice back into our lives now. And yeah, and I'm finding that it's um, just uh, what you've been describing, just this understanding of the multi dimensions and the layers that we exist on. That you know, before even with myself, there was just this rudimentary concept of oh, this is me. And, you know, me was this catch-all of everything from my physicality to my emotions to higher self. And it just kind of, and now there's, yeah, the understanding more of the nuance and the layers and the, the, the multi-dimensions that we actually, you know, function on past, present, and future all in, in the now and that sort of thing. So, yes, I've been, uh, having that personal experience. And as you said, I think many of us are, which is just leading to new perspectives of call it ascension, call it awakening, call it whatever. But, you know, I, I think just the perspective is powerful that, wow, there's just so much going on here. It's quite amazing to be human with all this shit going down at the same time. Exactly. Yeah. That's how I like wake up every day. Like, wow, it's so amazing to be human right now to be, to be, yeah, because it's, and, and, and five years ago or 10 years ago, it was different. It was like still struggling through life and finding a purpose and do setting things straight or, but now it's like, whoa, we're, we're kind of relaxing. And, and at the same time, there is all this integration taking place and we're, we're, we become so much more fluid and it's not our entity alone anymore, but it's, it's this whole, we're part of this, um, this big, uh, this big uh, field of energy that, that I feel like it's all your energy. It's understanding what this consciousness is. And, um, yeah, it is, it is delightful and, um, but also comes with some responsibility. That's the other side to the coin. I think that, um, yeah, I even noticed my own path. It's what a great joy it is to be able to just blame stuff on other people just to go, that's not me. That's that asshole over there. Or, you know, this is, you know, things are screwed up and it's not my fault. But, you know, it's a big shift than to say, wow, no, this is actually all me and it and it it takes as you just said it takes a bit of time there's an integration even into that perspective i think it's going to lead us into you know i don't want to throw out the world new earth or the promised land or all these concepts being thrown around but it's quite a fundamental shift rather than you know, pointing fingers of blame or expecting governments or something to look after you somehow to go, no, this is like, I, 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 I got to take care of all of this. I got to take care of that, all of it. And it's, yeah, yeah. it's, it's a, it takes time to kind of just settle into that. It's almost like being a child again in some way. Like, you know, it's just that, that new learning to walk in, in, a, in a whole new way. 
Yes. Yeah, that's a good comparison. Yeah, it, it's a whole... And it, it doesn't stop because you're like, okay, well, if that is my re responsibility, then that is my responsibility too. And what do I choose? And and why is this happening? And uh, so it's, yeah, it's a whole deep uh, reintegration process and, yeah, re um, resetting almost. But it's it it gives a tremendous freedom, and at the same time, it's also the question: like, can we really live with all this freedom? What what if what if all it's all up to us? Then it's what are we gonna do? What how do we view time? And what do we what do we do in this time? And so it's this this slowly cracking open in which you experience a little bit more freedom and a little bit more sense of okay, I'm I'm the creator of all this. But then what? <laughs> and it can be very confusing too. Yeah, I, there's another uh person's work I follow and she just Jessa Reed she describes it just like we haven't really even learned the control panel yet of how to drive this and sometimes I I think of it as this you know formula one race car that we're driving around you just touch the gas pedal and you're you're going zero to a hundred that it's very powerful this this whole energy field in this body that when we act in certain ways it's just you know, it instantly creates the ripples and the effect around us. And then we're instantly dealing with our own creation. And it is so powerful. It happens so instantly that it's, yeah, we're, we're still learning how to drive and no one really taught us how to drive, you know, do they, you know, parents and teachers, they've taught us a thing or two, but the real deep control panel, the real controls here are still a bit of a mystery. And we're still sort of figuring out how powerful we actually are as humans. Yes. And at the same time, we're also still in a process where like the old programming is falling apart. Like there are days like in my own life that, that it's all of a sudden I'm like, whoa, what's like most days I wake up and I hear singing. I hear life singing. I hear my body singing, my dog, my my child. It, it's our nature. And But there are days that I wake up and I'm like, what's going on? Like it feels like this gray blanket or and, – and, and then I realize, okay, this is still some uh, old um, – patterns or or programming or just a release of um and and that's okay too so to it's it's almost like we're on two tracks at the same time we're and in this fast race car and sometimes we're just in in this old uh locomotive or train or yeah like that's just on the same track and and everything is rusty and so to um, to understand that 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 it's kind of um, it's converging. It, it's all everything is kind of uh, merging together and, and releasing it, releasing at the same time. Yeah, and that takes while well, right. habits and patterns. So as a parent, in you know, you do this work that you do. How old is your daughter? She's thirteen. She just Whoa, turned thirteen. Damn, yes. Damn, you get you're just heading into the the 
crazy times or <laughs> who knows? I don't know. <laughs> I, my, exactly. my sons are all older and their teenage years weren't that that bad but how are how do you sort of relate to your daughter with these concepts and you know shifting you know as you say how we were taught when we were young and just what dominant collective consciousness was there and how now all these like big shifts are taking place what are you seeing with your daughter her friends you know young people their natural abilities what's it like from the mother perspective yeah, that, that's a very good question. And I'm actually writing a book about that um, or about who um, or about children and about conception and about um, uh, being pregnant and what that what that means. And but also who these children are and that there's definitely if I compare it to my childhood, it's so incredibly different, like the the fast pace and the awareness and what they need. And um, it was interesting when I uh, was pregnant of her uh, 13 or a little bit longer years ago, I had a very conscious connection with her. But the interesting thing is the way that happened was that she was constantly telling me, don't try to um, to get who I am. Don't try to know if I'm a girl or a boy. Don't try to, to grab me. Don't try to put me into a box basically. And which is and that's before she even to, popped in. She was yes. telling you that just don't, don't yeah, that was when don't she was put any concepts around me. All these, yeah, don't put these concepts around me. And and I and she would show herself. I would sometimes see her, and sometimes as an old man, and sometimes as an old woman, and sometimes as a child, and sometimes as a boy, and sometimes as just energy, and sometimes more like an animal. Like it was this, this totally throwing upside down. Uh, this concept, this this idea of like I'm the mother and I'm pregnant and here's the little child and I'm responsible for it. It just it was like giving me a sense of oh okay um, this I am enabling this this incredible um, incarnation of or of new life into a body and. Um, I'm asked to let go of all the concepts that I had about it, about also what is good for her, what she needs. what, And that kind of comes out in her life that she's very aware of what she wants and what she doesn't want. And, um, and, and it's still these things that I experience in the pregnancy that I have to remind myself. But it's also the, a foundation of really deep trust. It's, it's, a really deep trust, like, okay, what we've got here is a connection that is based on trust. And, and as long as I can, um, honor that in myself, that I trust her in her choices and the things that she does, then she can be who she wants to become. And it, it's, that's a, a, it's a big shift from what we were raised on. We're sort of in a bit of a watershed moment between, you know, parents used to know what was best and, you know, the whole yeah. adventure was, I'm going to tell you what you need to do. And this is for your own best interest. And, you know, I'm the boss around here and you just shut up and do what you're yeah. told. And there's a, yeah, there's a, a new experimental way of, of doing things, but hopefully that will 
you know, it seems to dovetail with what you're saying is going on with your work of the energy yes. maturity. If we're going to say, well, I'm a sovereign co-creator being, well, obviously the kids are too. Even when they're two years old, they're just small and little, and but they are also in charge and creators of their own reality. Yes. And even, yeah, very, uh, and, and even much more aware than us, maybe, in certain ways. So what? Your karma's got you in a rut with themes repeating every life you live. You got your foot on the gas and people on your ass no matter how much you just give and give. Just because you think it's external Doesn't mean it's not coming from creation internal You can bitch all you want about it in your journal But creation is all coming from you So learn to tell it just what to do Learn to tell it just what to do So you had just said that you're writing about this, that you had sort of like this relationship with your daughter before she came in and um, it was kind of conscious. Did it, did it feel like there was this conscious conception of, of some kind that going on? You say that's what you're writing about. So describe sort of that experience. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm really excited, uh, writing or working on this, this book, um, this story, this personal story, which is incredible. And it's very precious in a way, um, for many reasons, but now I feel like, okay, I'm ready to bring it out. Um, and it's very entwined with a lot of things, for example, also with my dog, um, who is pregnant at this moment. Um, but anyway, when my daughter was four years old, she was sitting in the back of the car and we were driving up the hill and it's very windy road. And I think that was part of why this came up because it was all so windy. And she all of a sudden out of the blue said, when I was in your belly, Laika, which was a dog that we had before that I actually brought from Holland to a Koiker dog, a Dutch breed, Laika was a puppy, she said. And I said, well, when you were born, uh, Laika was a big dog. She was not a puppy. And she said, no, no, she was a puppy. And then she said, and she was a puppy and she still needed to be born. And that really confused me. And um, Because and she the said, time was, what, eight, ten years of difference in time? That's what you're talking about? Yeah, so, um, yeah, she was... Yeah, so the dog was, when she was born, the dog was eight years old. And um, so she was not a puppy. And, um, but then she suddenly said, um, so when I was in your belly, a day said, and, and whoever day is, I think it's guides, or they said, there will be a puppy born, there will be a puppy born. And, um, and then you went to the doctor and took me out of the belly because there was going to be a puppy born instead. And I was amazed. And all of a sudden I had to think about an abortion that I had in 1999. And um, I suddenly knew she was talking about that. And, um, and she said, and you told me that I could come back later. That's what, what she told me in the car. And, and I, I still felt a little bit like 
uh, bad about it. Like I said, did it make you sad that I took you out of the belly? And she said, no, no, um, it wasn't your choice. It was my choice. So Whoa. she was saying it was my choice to come back later. And then she said, and in fact, we all chose to come back later. And then she named some of her friends that she said that they were also about to be born or to be incarnated, but they all, as a, as a group, they decided to come back later in Hawaii <laughs> and not be born in Holland. And so she, it, it was so clear for her that she was in the belly, but that somehow she was also very clear that the energy somehow needed to continue. And that's why she said, there's going to be a puppy born, which was true. This was so true because because I had in 1999 in that summer, I had lost my dog that I had before, which was also a Quaker dog. And um, he had died and I was on a waiting list for a new dog. And then they called me in January and uh, 2000 and they said, there's a dog born for you. And it appeared that the conception of that dog was the same day as the conception of um, of of this of Sky. Actually, my daughter's name is Sky. But it, so when she uh, the first time the, around, first time Sky's around. Sky's first run. Yeah, and and it's I mean the story is even much bigger because um, and and I mean I don't know if you want to. Put this in, but it, it's uh, the, the story is much bigger because in um, I, I'm just going to say this anyway, but it, it, maybe you want to oh, go, 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 go. Okay. Cheer it all. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so in 1999, on 9/11, in fact, 1999, which is a really interesting date. Um, it's I went a big to, date for us humans these days. Yeah. Nowadays. Yeah. And uh, so in 1999. Uh, 90, or, or September 11, 9-11, um, I went to visit my parents. And uh, I was living in the south of Holland back then, and they lived in the north, and I wouldn't visit them so much. And my father asked me, what would you like to eat? And I said, oh, I would love to eat mussels. I love to eat. I love mussels. And uh, so I went to visit my parents that day, it was a Saturday, and the first muscle I took in my mouth, there was a pearl in it, a black pearl. And I was really amazed with it. I was so I was so excited with it. I, I, it was a small black pearl. And for some reason, it got lost that same night. And uh, a few days later, my mother called me, and she was so excited, and she said she found it in the bottom of the dishwasher in the little filter and she sent it to me and um she sent a pearl to me and uh the beautiful thing is that i was picking it up from the post office and there was outside of the post office was a friend of mine who's a poet and i told her about the pearl and she said oh that is so special let's wrap it into a poem so we she she had her uh, published poems in a little book and she pulled a, a paper out, a poem out, and she wrapped it into the poem. And um, the beautiful thing is that actually this week, a few days ago, I reconnected to her after all those years, after 1999, and to retrieve that poem. And the poem is so amazing. Um, but, uh, and it, 
it it talks about um, pregnancy basically. And, but so I went to visit my parents in 1999 and, and I put that pearl into a little pot of amber and um, which I had at home. And I, I would sometimes smell the amber that never loses its smell and comes from the belly of a whale. And I look at the pearl. And then one day on uh, the 19th of October, 1999, I opened a little pot of amber and the pearl was gone and it, it was gone. And I, I had no idea where it went um, and nobody knew about it. So it was, I couldn't explain it. And I was really, really sad. I was really sad. Um, then it was a month later and it was 1911, 1999. I, it was a Sunday morning and it was, um, I had, uh, I was doing an acupuncture class with, uh, with four uh, really serious German people <laughs> that were learned doctors who were learning about acupuncture. And I was sitting in the middle of that class. It was Sunday morning and it was a class always every month, four days in a row, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And I had a wit white paper in front of me and I, it, I hadn't written anything on it for two, day, three days already. It was Sunday morning. I was sitting there and I looked into the sky or I looked into the room and it was, um, and all of a sudden I see this piece of lint coming out of the sky. And, and I was, I was really tired and the night before, um, I had celebrated my birthday, uh, with my parents-in-law at that moment. And I was, I had muscles and in the first muscle, there was a white pearl in it, actually <laughs> small detail. I was looking at that piece of lint and I was thinking, wow, you fall really slow. And I was kind of like out of it. And I it, kind of in an in-between state, all of a sudden that little piece of lint turned into a little cloud and spiraled and spiraled and fell on my paper in a pearl, in the pearl, in the black pearl. So the, the black original pearl that, black pearl, the same black pearl that was gone. It had returned. And that appeared to be the moment of conception. So that appeared the moment of that I, or <laughs> I had made love the night before with my boyfriend at that time. And, and um, yeah, that, that it, was it, the know, message. Well, Come yes, on. it, I mean, the best, it, it was, so it was really, really special, this, this convergence of appearing, this appearing again of this pearl, the the pregnancy, and at the same time the conception of the puppies, the conception of my new dog, because that that was that same day, that same um, that the new dog was born. So I, even though this was so special, and I felt when I was pregnant that it had everything to do with that uh, pearl. I, I chose to not keep keep it and have an abortion, but then the dog was born, and in um, and this dog was really special, really special, and um, in um, and I, this is a dog that I brought to Hawaii. So a few years later, they had changed the quarantine laws for dogs to come to Hawaii. And I was able to bring her and 
I always wanted to have puppies with her. And uh, she was, she was, when she was seven years old, so this was in 2007, um, I decided I wanted to have puppies with her. And it was, um, uh, and I, I, but the same breed. So I found online, which is, I mean, that is an amazing story in itself. I found a, a Quaker um uh, a place where they ha- were breeding them in Texas. And at that moment, there was the hurricane. I think the hurricane, uh, Humberto, or the, the, there was a big hurricane going on. And in the middle of that hurricane, they were able to retrieve semen from one Koiker dog and send it to Oahu, to the next island here. And I went, I found this veterinarian, a woman who wanted to help me with it. So I went to this process. She was in heat and she had to be measured, like tested every day. And, and there was this, she, the hormones were going to the right level and, and it was going to happen. And then the, um, the day before it was actually the moment of, um, of um, insemination, the doctor said, um, well, I have a very high success rate. And I don't want to interfere with that success rate. So instead of just doing insemination, I want to cut her open and put the semen into her belly. And that was, un, uh, I mean, it was, I, I yeah, I, I said, well, that's not what we agreed on. But she said, well, this is how I'm going to do it. And for me, it was very important that it was a conscious conception, that it was in agreement so I had, and this is the agreement also with your dog, you with my dog. Yes, that I that and had I, before that. Had you been in kind of like contact with your dog? Was this something you had discussed, and she was on board? And was yes. there that relationship regarding the conception? Yes, it. Uh, yeah, there's even much more to that. But it's yes, I I was in in. I had asked her, and I was. She, we were in very strong commun- telepathic communication, and I, for her, for me, it was really important that it was in agreement. And I had told her, "We're going to do this, but if there's any moment that you don't want to do it, then let me know, and that's it." And it, it, but it was, and animals or dogs, they're very loyal. They're very, they, they do anything for their owner. And but for me, it was important that she was totally aware of what was happening. So it we had this conversation and it it and it felt so right every step that we did. But then this happened. And then um it was the next morning, the next morning after the vet told me um well I'm gonna do it this way. And this was this is the most bizarre thing. There was an angel standing next to my bed. And I mean I don't have angels next to my bed. Uh, ever really and uh, but this was did a it, real did it wake you up was it like middle of the night or did you wake up in the morning and there it was yes i woke up i was sleeping in an in a rental or a house that was for sale on a mattress there was only one mattress on the ground for the, there was nothing in the house for the rest and i woke up like really early and i looked to my side and there was this gown this this um 
this dress or whatever they're wearing. And it, it, that's what I saw first. And it was real. It was so real. And then I looked up like embroidered with gold and I looked up and there was this angel like with wings and with hair and with just an angel, like, and I, Large? I, I was, was it almost filling the room or. Yeah. I mean, standing next to my bed and, and kind of filling the, it was huge, huge, especially with those wings. I, it almost made me laugh. It was almost like an angel. Like, are you kidding me? But it said only one thing. And it said, you need to talk to Laika because she changed her mind. And, and, and then it disappeared. And, and that was it. That's an important message I take. <laughs> That's that all it said. A, that was a very, yes. Yeah. And so, so but then I, I needed to talk, but I had to drive an hour to the North Shore of, of the island and to go to the vet. And we had this appointment and she had to do a test. And so... And the test failed the first time. So the doctor came and she said, we need to do it again because something went wrong and they did another test. And, and then the doctor came to me and she said, all the hormone levels are gone. I've never experienced this before, but this was not supposed to happen, but there is no way we can do it. And I was so happy because I knew that she had chosen and I didn't have to, the, the time to really talk to her or to, but I knew that she didn't want it. And that this was the proof, like all the hormone levels were gone. And it, and I, so we, we took our stuff and we went back home and I lost $4,000, but it, it, it felt so good that I honored her decision. And, um, but two weeks later, I was back on Kauai. I was back on my island and I was sitting on my bed and all of a sudden this energy ball or fluid ball of energy or liquid appeared in front of my face. And I was just kind of looking into nothing and kind of the same as the pearl experience. And this energy was a little purplish, said, I want to be born with you. Is that okay? And that was a moment when I said, yes, yes. Like, and I knew it was a child. I knew it was a child. And at that moment I was in a relationship with, um, with someone and, and we, we were at the same wavelength and we chose to have a child together and and that in itself is a really interesting <laughs> and, how that, and that was your daughter sky and that was my daughter sky that was my daughter sky yes and and um actually that conception was really special too i mean it's almost too magical it's almost and that's why it's so delicate to write about it or to speak about it because it's almost like out of a fairy tale or it's almost too beautiful but that conception, I was sitting on a beach. I mean, we had made love the morning, that morning. I was later that day sitting on a beach and really far from the ocean, from the shoreline. And I um, had my eyes closed and all of a sudden there was this, this huge golden 
energy coming inside of me. And I knew I'm pre- I'm pregnant. I knew like, okay, this is it. I'm pregnant. And then I opened my eyes and there was this big shell, wet kaori shell, like a big shell in front of me as if it was brought there by the ocean. But the shoreline was 12 meters away. It was really, it, it, the waves didn't come that far at all, but the shell was wet and it wasn't there before. And I mean, so yeah, I, so that is, um, I mean, there's so much more to this story. That, but, but that's what you're putting down in the book. Yes. So, so it's just a little teaser, a little taster that, um, <laughs> a little teaser about, yes, the, the, about conscious conception and about how energies continue, how they, they seem to disappear, but they come back and they come back in another form. And sometimes it's about timing and it's not the right timing for one dog, but for, for a child or not for a child, but a dog. And, um, Yes, and at this moment, my current dog is is also pregnant. She can give birth any moment now. So that is really special too, because it's kind of a continuation of the story that I'm writing. Yeah. Okay, well, that's pretty special day that we're doing this podcast then, that you're telling the story. I hope, what's your dog's name? Current dog? Roxy. 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 Roxy, I hope that goes well. Roxy, she's, uh, yeah, wonderful. Puppies, you can't go wrong with puppies as long as you give them all away or most of them away. Yes, yeah. It's really, I mean, it's like everything is so heavy in the world and I'm just focused on puppies. (laughs) It's good though. I think we got to kind of, we can't forget the lightness. We can't forget it's as much as it feels that way, it's not all heaviness down here. We're not meant to just be in the heavy zone. There is love, there is lightness, there is beauty, there is all those sort of things. So you're gonna shine forth with puppies. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. And it's it's such a delight. It's such a delight to be around this pregnant dog who is so communicative. She's so present in everything and it's and and I think it is needed, like you say. It's it's uh, there is so much heaviness that, but this is there too, and uh, that's life. Yeah. yeah, I've I've had conversations with young people. My own son I was talking to recently, where he says he's not sure he, he wants to have children just because he thinks the world is such a mess and there's no hope and it's just going downhill. And why would you bring another life form into this world and you know, my own experience as a parent, and you probably know as well that it's just such an opening of love in your own experience and your own unconditional love that you feel in ways you you would you would never felt and experienced. And it's it's just wow. It's it's such a positive thing. And to bring positive energy into the world, you know, we have to we have to keep going. Um yeah. We have to keep going. Perhaps that's part of energy maturity. If we're going to wrap maturity. this all up at the end, you know, yes. energy maturity, love, yeah. conscious conception. It's all kind of part of the same thing going on 2021. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And life is much bigger than we think it is. Like, yeah. 
Well, that's a wonderful report from uh, from Kauai and a little taster to some of the things you do, energy maturity, telepathic writing. If people want to be involved with what you do, and um, you might see me in your online Qigong class because I've been looking for something like that recently, um, how can they find you and how um, what what's available that you're offering these days? Yes, it can. Um, yeah, I'm offering telepathic writing classes uh, on a regular basis. I, I'm now currently working also with a group that just works on a bigger body of work, but I'm also offering uh, regular weekly classes. Um, and you can find that on um, the telepathicwritingsalon.com. The telepathicwritingsalon.com. And I also have a podcast and um, with with telepathic writing. Um, and um, yeah, and through that website, you can find the other things that I do, the energy maturity and uh, the Qigong. Yes. And when are you expecting the book to be ready? Or Ooh, it, will it be uh, conceived in its birth in its own time and space? It's birth, yeah, it will be birthed in its own time and space. And it, I feel like now I'm kind of in rapids. It's going much faster. And, and it's my other book took 10 years to write. So I'm, I'm kind of like, okay, if it's a big story like this, it, it needs this kind of vastness to, to enter and to see where it wants to go and how it wants to take shape. And so, um, but I will keep you updated. <laughs> okay, please do. It's been so nice to have you here on the McNuttiest Dimensions podcast, Christelle. Um, so lovely to hear a report from the ancient island of Kauai. Aloha. Paradise. Yes. Aloha. Aloha. Thanks for being here. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Oh, the world, you know you're making it. You're a spot, you know you're just faking it. You're a spot, you know you're faking it. Cause the world, you know you're just making it. So good. Thanks to all you divine creator beings, even if you're just getting used to your new 5D reality. Thanks for tuning in to the McNuttiest Dimension Consciousness Salon. Big shout out for the musical inspiration this week to White Stripes, their song Denial Twist. Another big thank you uh, to Crystal Jansen for stopping by and sharing all the wonderful things that she is doing. There's links in the description to where you can find her website, her book, 49 Days, again, is an epic spiritual thriller filled with love and wonder. Um, stay tuned for her new book uh, coming out. We got a little taste just there of what that journey is all about. So, um, yes, Christelle is uh, available if you want to check out all the great things she is doing. If you want to check out more of the McNuttiest world, well, McNuttiest all you need to know. I'm just about simplicity and ease, people. I'm just a simple guy. So it's McNuttiest on Instagram, McNuttiest on Facebook, McNuttiest on YouTube. 
that he's done Twitter, and I'd never used Twitter, but never seen ever. I don't know what's going to happen in the future. My website, mcnuttiest.com, there's all kinds of stuff there. Again, thank you, my emerging 5D friends, for checking out the McNuttiest Dimension. I appreciate the love and support. I'm Chris McNutt, and I'll catch you next time. Oh, my God,